Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, thank you for joining me today, and welcome to the show. This is Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm so excited today because we have a guest that is um, very prolific in understanding world missions, and he is the executive director of World Mission. And World Mission is a international is an international day for the Unreached Alliance members. And so, Greg, he served as the executive director of World Mission since 1998, and the primary objective of this of this um, organization is to impact the unreached peoples and the people groups of of the world with the news of Jesus Christ. And Greg, he has spoken, I mean, this is amazing, and preached in more than 30 countries as an advocate for bringing the gospel to billions of people who have not really heard the precious message that Jesus saves. And I like this, this this was new for me to hear. He's a graduate of Western Michigan University and was the MVP of their football team in 1991. (laughs) That's awesome. So he and his family, they reside in um, Michigan, upstate Western Michigan. So, Greg, thank you for being here today. Thanks. It's a joy to be with you. Well, this is really exciting because I was, you know, when we were talking off air, I was telling you that, you know, I didn't realize I had some ignorance because you talk about the unreached and how broadly that term is used and that you guys are really talking about the truly unreached, the people that have no exposure to Christianity at all. And, and, and I was telling you, you know, when I go to Uganda, they all have technology. So I have this assumption that it's kind of easy to hear about Jesus because it's, you know, we have so, the, the technology is so prolific. We have all the Facebook and all the apps. And you're telling me that there is, how, what did you say, 20 billion, 20 million? Well, yeah, it's over, out of the seven and a half billion people in the world, Cynthia, uh, over two billion, and uh, most of the numbers are around two and a half billion people don't have access to the gospel today. That, that's, that is staggering to me. Yeah. I mean, it shocks everybody when you, when you think about that, because of the reasons you alluded to, the technology. I mean, just think about satellites, television, exactly. all of the modern. I mean, this is the first generation, think about this, since the time of Jesus that can be anywhere in the world in 24 hours. Exactly. So, I mean, I th- it's really amazing. So tell us about your organization and what you do. Well, at World Mission, we're in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And we distribute uh, solar-powered audio Bibles to these other people groups. And uh, it's mainly oral learners, because there's a lot of challenges to the unreached. One of them happens to be that they're primarily oral learners. Now, that doesn't mean that all of them are totally illiterate, but what it does mean is that they prefer to learn in a non-literate way. And so when we just sort of uh, utilize a print strategy, we're missing two-thirds of the population because two-thirds of these people prefer to learn in a non-literate way. So that's where our audio Bible 
uh, solar-powered treasure comes into play that we have in thousands of languages that we distribute primarily the Word of God. I mean, just the fact that you said there's thousands of languages, I, I mean, I really didn't think there was that many languages. Yeah, there's actually uh, over 7,000 languages spoken in the world today. And a lot of those are, you know, really obscure, you know, where you might have 20,000, 50,000 or something. But uh, we always think about the, you know, the Hindis and Spanish and, um, you know, Arabic languages. But there's thousands of languages. That, that's remarkable. Many of them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and part of the challenge, quite honestly, uh, for people being unreached is they don't have a Bible. You know, exactly. you and I, I think the American Bible Society says that you and I have somewhere tucked in our home in the closets of the nooks and crannies seven or eight Bibles. Uh, exactly. Um, we have them all over the place. <laughs> we've got them everywhere. <laughs> but uh, for the unreached, they, they don't have a single Bible. They've never held a Bible. They've never seen the Bible. And for many of them, it's not even translated into their language. So does someone go to wherever it is and distribute these? Or do you send them? Or how how do you distribute these solar, I mean, a solar Bible, that's crazy, because now you were telling me off air, which kind of made me laugh, that, you know, where you live for two months, the cloud cover, you're the only place that can't use the solar Bible in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, we have trouble, Cynthia, in West Michigan in January and February. Right now, we're, we're trying to come out of it, but uh, the cloud makes it difficult for a, a solar-powered device, so... That's really, yeah, that, that's kind of ironic. Uh, <laughs> we distribute the treasure... Basically, if you were to draw uh, on a map and went to the Eastern Hemisphere and started in Senegal and drew a line over to Indonesia, uh, that's where primarily the unreached live. And we have 30 networks of national leaders. So they look like the people, they speak their language, they, they live with them and among them. And we distribute, this year we'll distribute over 50,000 treasures, and they'll go in all kinds of different languages into the hands of these these leaders, and then they'll set up listening groups with ultimately the goal of seeing a church planted. And how 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 many years have you guys been doing this? Well, we've uh, in 1994 was the beginning of World Mission. Uh, we've been distributing treasures for over 15 years. My goodness! And and how what have you guys seen? Have you seen a lot of fruit for your labor? You know, it's. A lot of people, uh, when they work, you have to labor and work and work and work. And the advantage of organizations like World Mission and those of us in the Alliance for uh, the International Day for the Unreached, most of us distribute Bibles. And we all are familiar with that scripture in Isaiah that says, the Word of God will not return void. It's a supernatural encounter. And so irregardless if it's somebody who's heard it, uh, thousands and thousands of times, or if it's virgin ears hearing the gospel for the first time, the word will not return void. So, um, you know, there's a lot of aspects that go into that, and you want to have people with a lot of credibility that are distributing it so they can model and, 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 and enter into a discipleship-making relationship with them. But we have seen amazing things happen. We Every little treasure that goes out, it's about four ounces. It's the size of someone's Oh, my cell goodness. Phone. This is amazing um, to me. Over, over 140 people will listen to one treasure over the course of a year, most of them hearing the gospel for the first time in their life. That's remarkable. Who, who came up with this idea of a solar Bible? And uh, th This is amazing. Well, we have uh, different organizations that are in the audio world, and so we all kind of work together. We, uh, some organizations specialize in recording 
uh, different Bibles that have been translated. We focus in on the area of distribution, and we have a, a manufacturer who makes the product for us. And so everybody, it's great. It's a teamwork effort, just like the Alliance, where everybody's working together for the same objective, uh, which is giving people historic access to the gospel. So, so how do you... Do you recruit people that are from that particular people group and then send them back into that group, or do you, or, or are these Americans that go into these groups, these different nations or no. these different cities? Or yeah, that's a great question. Um, one of the the challenges uh, that makes a place unreached is there's there's not really Christian activity going on there. Right. Um, so many times we'll identify um, the, the the people that are already trying to work their nationals, and they have a heart for a certain unreached people group. Uh, for example, the Hausa, H-A-U-S-A, are in northern Nigeria. It's an area where Boko Haram, which I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of a very radical uh, Islamic group. Right. And uh, the Boko Haram are among the Hausa people. And so for you or I to show up there and try and engage them would be very difficult. Exactly. We would probably not even be allowed to converse with them and have a conversation. They'd be suspicious. And so we work with northern uh, people in Nigeria that are from the north that speak Hausa as their native tongue, and then we put the treasure in their hands. Now, not only do they speak Hausa, that's one obvious prerequisite, but the, the other one is they have a passion for the unreached. Right. And that's just not an assumption that we can make, um, because that's something that God's put inside of their heart that is something that drives them, because the unreached are the most difficult mission fields that are left on Earth today. Wow. Wow, there must be a lot of prayer that goes into this in terms of, you know, that that's a lot of spiritual um, warfare and impediments. Yeah, you know, that that uh, is absolutely true. And we remind people so many times when we think about the Great Commission um, in the end of Matthew and, of course, the end of Mark, where Jesus said, Go! make disciples of all nations, but we remind them that long before Jesus said go, there's an awesome scripture passage in Luke chapter 10, where Jesus was coming down from the mountain, and he was so burdened, his heart was broken, because he was looking out at the harvest field. And what he said, Cynthia, is he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth the laborers. And so we remind people of that, and we say, hey, before we get all excited and enthusiastic about going, let's remember that Jesus first told us to pray for these same harvest fields, because I think it's pretty presumptuous for you and I just to kind of show up in a place and, okay, now because I'm here, we do have to recognize this battle that you're talking about, the warfare that's going on, and we need to to plead and, and, and trust the Lord and pray that He would open the hearts and the, the lives of these people so that they'll be receptive to the gospel. Yes, that God is already having to work on their heart before people show up. And and God has to already be softening people and causing them to have a need, you know, that's greater than just survival. Yeah, amen, because these people in these unreached areas that uh, World Mission and the Alliance work in, um, everything is at stake. When they come to know Jesus, everything is at stake. That's right. And that's one of the reasons that makes them unreached. I mean, they, they face persecution in every 
uh, area imaginable. And, you know, we think about persecution um, and we hear about the violence, and that's all true. And, of course, the worst form being um, even losing your life, which hundreds of people today, hundreds, will lose their life today simply because of their gospel and because of their love for Jesus. But we also talk to people and we say, imagine being cut off from your family, because that is a way more common form of persecution that we don't tend to think about. That's but right. You That's get right. ostracized mm-hmm. from your whole family, cut off, everything, mm-hmm. relationships, your inheritance, everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's a pretty heavy price that none of us in our lifetime more than likely will ever face. It, it's really amazing as Americans. Um, you know, I was talking to Mark Kordick. You know, he's the, uh, oh, I don't know what his title is. He's the one that set up the interview. The marketing leader for the, yes. the alliance, yeah. Yes, and um, I was talking to him about this whole, you know, idea of Americans and how often I tell my clients, you know, this is a first world problem. This is not a third world problem. And Americans <laughs> really don't know third world problems. I mean, there are certainly some impoverished places, absolutely, in America. But even then, you know, they, you know, we have lots of homeless people that stay homeless and they get picked up and they get fed and they get taken to the hospital and then they come back out on the street. And so many of our homeless people are even better off than some of these people groups you're talking about. Absolutely. That's, um, you know, the, these, uh, these people groups um, are paying a heavy price. We just got mm-hmm. a report from, from Myanmar of uh, a Buddhist family that had just come to know Jesus, and uh, National reached out to them. They had the treasure. They were listening to it in their Burmese language and infuriated uh, the nearby local monk and he mobilized a mob of people that surrounded this home, which is basically a shack, and they stoned it for hours and hours. And I mean, they had stones the 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 size of footballs. I mean, I saw them; they were just huge, and they were you know trying to kill these this family. The mom and dad hovered over the children just to try and protect them. And uh, after several hours of this, and when the the sun came up the next morning, they were expecting to pull out a bunch of corpses, but instead. These people walked out, and to their shock, they were like, oh, my gosh, you survived that. And they said, we forgive you because we know Jesus, and he's changed our life. He saved us. He's given us a love for you, and we forgive you. Four other Buddhists gave their life to Jesus just, just out of that expression of forgiveness. And so it's things like that that go on on a daily basis that the people who are coming to know the Lord in the unreached areas, they, they don't know anything differently. So as far as they're concerned, Every Christian faces that persecution. That that is absolutely amazing. I think what, what's so amazing to me about the gospel is that it really is the only religion that has that kind of supernatural power. That people will actually truly lose their life for Christ. You know, because he yeah, gave absolutely. he gave his no, for, for us, sure. and, and and you know you can't you can't teach that to somebody. You can't educate them on that. You know, that, is, that right. is a supernatural transformation inside of a person that you can't, you know, you can't talk them out of it. No, it's, it's, it's a hard principle, too, because we are so saturated. I mean, we are so blessed. I, I, I wish people would really comprehend that, the blessing that we have in America and the freedom to worship. And we see you know, Jesus on billboards, we have, you know, how many Christian radio stations in every community, let alone across the country, 
Um, we have access to Bibles. There's churches everywhere. Oh, and TV um, and, and radio and... Correct. Exactly. And there's sometimes we can get a little bit um, callous to this idea um, of there's such a... You know, we have to work daily at that love, that passionate pursuit of Jesus every day and just love Him like crazy so we can grow, because otherwise sometimes we begin to take things for granted. Now, these people in these places I'm talking about, this is the first time they're coming in encounter with Him. And the, 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 the discrepancy between what they've known and what they learned with Jesus is so vast. It's something that none of us can really comprehend, but they, when they see the light and when they see the truth, they run, yes. and they're drawn to that. And it's that supernatural encounter you're talking about that ultimately you know, transforms their lives. Well, this is, all, this is the light shining in the dark places, because you know, most, of, most of Americans you don't r- realize the darkness of not knowing God and not having God in your country. We have God in our country, so even if you're not a Christian— you still have that light. You know, it's, he's still here he's, he, because there's so many Christians in America that he's, he's far more accessible here. And people don't recognize what they're feeling is, is the Spirit of God many times that, that really still protects this country. Exactly. And, exactly. and, these, and you know, I've been to um, the first time I went out of the country, I went to Budapest, uh, Hungary. And I remember it was startling when I was in that country and how it, and as we were driving, we, we landed in Amsterdam. This was with YWAM. And um, we landed in Amsterdam and drove all the way down, you know, to, to Budapest, Hungary. So we passed through Romania and, and all these different places. And what was, what was amazing is from Amsterdam, every single time we had a stop in a restroom, the mirrors got smaller and smaller and smaller. So that when we got down to Budapest, the mirror in a bathroom was about 12 by 12. And, and, and it was just a strange, a strange, very strange, you know, um, insight or understanding. And it got darker and darker and darker. And I remember when I landed back in America, it was so bright. And it wasn't that it was, the sun was so bright, but I could really feel the brightness of how much of God's Spirit is in America that people don't realize. Right. No, no doubt about it. It's really, no it's quite it. amazing. So what, tell, tell, tell the listeners, you know, we love to hear miracles. Tell us another story, because I loved that story you talked about. Well, there was a, a gal, and uh, this was in Brazzaville, Congo, and uh, we had come in contact with her, and we had, we had learned that, that she was so hungry for the gospel, but she didn't have really access to it. Someone had shared Christ with her, um, but she couldn't read at all. And so what, what we had learned, and she made makes charcoal for a living, and what we were told is that she was spending almost one half of her income. Okay, so it doesn't matter how much. One half is one half of her income. That's right, yes. And, right, so she's spending half of her income to rent somebody to read the Bible to her three times a week. Wow, that's and amazing. when we heard that, we were so impacted, and so we were able to put some treasures in her hands. And she is an amazing evangelist now, going around, setting up a list. There's literally been um, about five or six churches started because of her, as she's going out there 
and um, you know sharing uh, sharing the treasure and setting up listening groups among people many who are, who haven't heard uh, the gospel. So you know there's there's people out there that they look you know we look at them and we say okay not educated um, you know poor not not strategic not network. Um, we can't use them. All contrary, <laughs> contrary. They have uh, such an enthusiastic passion for Jesus, and those are the kind of people that we try and connect with and mobilize. Well, yes, they move the unmovable. You know, they do. Good luck trying to hold them back. Exactly. From, uh, exactly. You know, getting into these unreserious. So um, it's uh, it's people like that, but it's also stories of of. Um, you know, just total transformation and change of uh, in the, some of the, the harshest uh, Islamic areas in Africa uh, in, in northern Nigeria. Again, we've heard uh, so many stories of um, these uh, chiefs being, you know, unwillingly allowing any gospel presence in there. But sometimes we'll do a water project, and a lot of the Alliance members had a strategy where we'll do a compassion project of some kind. For us, we have a clean water ministry. And so we'll go in there and we'll just love them. Just say, you know what? We're doing this. uh, There's no conditions to this. Right. Just loving you in the name of Jesus. Put that water well in their village where they didn't have access to clean water. And all of a sudden that hard heart just changed in an instant. And that person is saying, hey, what's that device again? What is is that? It's called, okay, hey, bring those in and make sure everybody gets one. (laughs) They, they see that you love them, and exactly. you need to learn that in the body. We just need to love people, and Jesus will use that to soften the heart and ready the hardened soil that you know, previously was not receptive, and now all of a sudden uh, the, the Word of God can, can do its work that only it does. It, it really is remarkable. I don't think that Americans can appreciate what it's like when somebody that has never even known of the one true God, hears and experiences through another person the spirit of, of Jesus. And the, the yeah. love that Jesus has for his world and his people is just irresistible. And it's something that, you know, people have never felt. I mean, when I was in, when we were in Budapest and we, we did this dr- street drama in the middle of downtown, you know, Budapest, and you know, I didn't think that anybody would necessarily respond, but all the people, you know, came out of the buildings. They started watching this drama, and the YWAM preacher was then being interpreted through another person. And when you think about that game telephone, you know, that we can't even get, mm-hmm. we can't even get there when you pass that around in a circle and you end up with it's not even what you said the first time, that God can talk through interpreters and they get it. And so many people knelt down and accepted Christ in the middle of downtown Budapest. Wow. It's wow. just, it's, I just wish that Americans could understand the power of spreading the gospel. And that really is the most important thing that we could do. It doesn't mean everybody has to leave their jobs, right? But we have to bring Jesus everywhere we go. No, we do. We do. And we need, we need to prioritize. There's a word that, that the, uh, at the alliance. You know what? I only have while. one minute. I am. I can't believe this oh. went so fast. So, what would you like oh, to? Well. What would you like to tell the listeners in in the, the last part of the show? Well, what I'd like to tell them is that we need to ask ourselves a question. Every follower of Jesus needs to ask themselves this question: How am I allocating my life? And what I mean by that is the last thing Jesus said before he went to heaven was Jerusalem and Judea and 
Samaria and the ends of the earth. And the ends of the earth is what needs the greatest amount of work. So on May 20th of 2018, that's Pentecost Sunday, uh, our network, the International Day for the Unreached, and our alliance of eight different organizations are, are emphasizing that idea. There's two and a half billion people who have never heard of Jesus. Wow. Every follower thank needs you. to have an expression. Oh, thank you, Greg, so much for being on the show. And listeners, make sure that you check out the website and look up this amazing organization. God bless you, Greg. Thanks for listening. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.